I don't think there's any way for me to work this little joke in naturally, so I just want to give it to you guys. Plus, it would be able okay. to get cut anyway. Do you guys know what the opposite of the dark hand is? What? Well, just reverse the words. Light foot. Like Gordon. Like Gordon. Like my best friend Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Saturday Morning Tuesdays. This is the animated podcast about real cartoons. You know what we're doing. You know what this show is. My name's Andy. I'm Austin. And I'm Rory. And today is a very exciting day. It's always an exciting day around here at the office, the old Sadam office, when we have a new arc walk through the door and sort of audition for its place in our roster. And today we are starting one. A whole new deal. A whole new thing. You guys excited? I'm oh, pumped. I'm stoked. Yeah. And uh, hold on, what's this? What's this? I'm going <laughs> to sort of oh, do the no, customary. Oh, no, opened a, a theme machine? Yeah, I opened a theme machine, sort of walked up to the walked up to the thing and yanked out one of my own teeth and just sort of inserted it into the slot there and, and cranked Is this. Is the theme and, and... Andy's teeth? <laughs> is that what the theme is? Is that what like, Father Theme spat out of the machine? No, I thought that's what you were doing. I thought you were doing some sort of teeth-based teeth based thing. <laughs> Look... Rory, we've established that Father Themes needs a human tooth in order to generate a theme. <laughs> oh, sure. You, sure. Put a, you put a tooth into the into the into the machine, and now and now a theme a theme comes out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, putting teeth into your pillow is so like 1990, but this is this is 2020, and we've done it with machines now. So I've Venmoed it to you. <laughs> you Venmoed me a theme. Just a, it's a, an amazing little oh, sequence. I've and uploaded that, that into the tooth cloud. I've put the tooth into the into the big bingo style tumbler. You guys, this is exciting because we're actually going back to a thing we've already done before. Oh no. Okay. A mom. <laughs> mom, I'm back. I'm back in the garage. We're here too. Just some guys in the garage. Just three guys sitting in the garage <laughs> a shooting the breeze again. Where's my bagel bites, mom? I left them in here. We're isolated in the garage. Six of- feet away from me, Andy. Six feet. <laughs> pass the bagels. How am I going to pass you the bagels if I got to stay six feet away Kick from em. you? Kick them. Kick them over. <laughs> Mom's a boomer. We got to be careful. <laughs> She's on I death's door. I kick them. I kick the bagels. <laughs> oh, is this D&D? Are we doing D&D? Oh, I kick the bagels. Yeah, what else do guys World do in the garage? You got the bagels, dude. Cool. Dude. You nerd. Nerd. Uh, <laughs> Jackie Chan Adventures, bro. Ha ha ha. Kung Fu. Oh, oh, you said the secret word. You said the secret word. We're doing it. We're doing one show. We're a one show podcast over here. You know, we don't we don't we're not one of those fly by night people who who just sort of has whatever show. Why are you doing your office going. voice? Who are you trying to impress? <laughs> We don't do whatever show just sort of feels good to us. You know, we're a one show dude over here. One show pod. And uh, for this particular arc, we decided that we wanted to watch Jackie Chan Adventures. 
uh, all, all month, all Jackie, all Chan, all punches and fighting. Mom, watch me drink three beers at once. <laughs> I don't think mom's going to find that kind of amusing at all. <laughs> Mom, watch. Watch me. Mom, you didn't watch. Honey, those beers were supposed to last all month. <laughs> you can't just keep drinking three at a time. Mom, you didn't watch me do all of it. <laughs> I gotta do it again. <laughs> Give me I can drink all beers. of them. <laughs> okay, so so look, I uh, have never seen Jackie Chan Adventures. Uh, this is all new for me, um, but I believe the two of you have also seen it. Yes, R- Rory, yeah, that's right. Return to your polite mode. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'll put, I'll put the theme back in its drawer. <laughs> for now, for now, for now. It'll, co- it'll come out when we Themes least expect. Themes are sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I, uh, I guess, I guess, I take the you know blame credit, whatever you want for this, for this, for suggesting this particular arc. The points. I, Call them the points. Call them what you want. I will take the points. I'll, okay. I'll only take the points if people end up liking this arc. But if people hate this arc, I had nothing to do with it, and uh, you know, just just putting that out there up front. But. I have a, I really have solid good memories of watching this show as a kid. Uh, it's like Kids WB is probably the 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 animation block that I watched the most outside of Toonami. Um, I, I mean it's where Pokemon lived. It was Pokemon's house. Kids WB is Pokemon's house, and you know I was going to hang out with his other friends while I was there. And you Jackie Chan was me, like me and War Turtle were like this, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but War Turtle introduced me to his friend Jackie Chan, and. I really liked him. I really had a good time with this show, and I'm I'm hoping it holds up the way I remember. I think you're off to a good start uh, if these first two episodes are an indication. Because uh, yeah, I, I'm fucking I'm fucking pumped. I'm fucking yeah. Fucking <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! Juiced. You invited War Turtle over? <laughs> <laughs> you so War I love that guy. <laughs> War Turtle, my fire up the oven. <laughs> What that guy's coming over. That guy's an evolution of Squirtle. <laughs> yeah, but we don't let Squirtle in here because now that we met War Total, War Total's just way cooler. He's cool um, older brother. <laughs> now, uh, I don't, I don't remember Rory. I think you maybe had less memory of this show than I did, but you, you, you still watched it though, right? I did watch a significant amount of it, but I, um, it was not a. Um, so the first season only had 12 episodes, so I'm not sure it really hit syndication much, which means, you know, you miss it, you miss it. Um, yeah. But sure. being, I, I watched it as much as I was around to see it, you know, which was reasonably Saturday mornings, you know. Well, you, you impressed me when, when we first brought up the conversation. You, like, you pulled out a couple of the characters' names, and I was like, damn, okay, oh, Roy yeah, does no, remember I this. know the guy. I know Toru. I know my boy Toru. <laughs> <laughs> Toru's the best. Uh but yeah, this was this is a crazy is a crazy show. So so let's put ourselves in a time and in a place. So uh, this is the year two thousand on Kids WB. A little bit a little bit of a newer show for us, but I think it is interesting to sort of get just past the cusp of the nineties and see how things started to change a little bit. Um, it is a Chinese and American production. Uh, one of the, I, I mean, saw Jackie that. Although Chan. I didn't, I, I wasn't sure what kind of I didn't see what kind of production. China was involved with. I couldn't. The Wikipedia well, is a think, little sparse. Right. I, I think that Jackie has a production company and I think they were involved. He, he, in I know it. he has a choreography company. 
Yeah. Uh, the, one of the, let me see. One of the producers listed is the JC group. Uh, oh, I, don't sure. know if, I don't know if that's just so that he sort of was like involved in the in the concept and, you know, has his name on it. Well, and actually, now that I think about it, I think the JC group also does the cinematography. So like they're they may be. Well, they also they have uh, successful department stores uh, called JC Penny. No puns in the garage, dude. <laughs> you know I, how my feels about those. No dad jokes in here. You tell me Jackie Chan uh, doesn't own JC. OK. Uh, you and War Turtle gotta go. <laughs> no, I, I, dude, you can't. You can't send War Turtle out just because Austin's being a bitch. War Turtle can stay. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you flip on a dime, or on a penny, or on a JC penny. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So this this is. A, I mean, I think it's mostly an American production, but it does. I think it did air at the same time in China as well. Probably. Um, and so, like the the, it's listed as being in both Chinese and English. So I think it's kind of dope. Uh, we yeah. don't get we don't get a ton of that sort of thing happening. I mean, you know, our animation best friend here in the states is, uh, you know, equal parts Japan and Korea because Korea animates a lot of our stuff sort of secretly behind the scenes, and then we just yeah. love Japan steez so hard that we just take all their biz. Um, but what did China. you say about me? I don't love anybody's <laughs> steez. <laughs> I never loved not one steez, bro. <laughs> That's not what I heard Shelly say. <laughs> That's not what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ma, you hear what he heard? <laughs> uh, but, okay, so so a couple a couple interesting facts, I guess. So it was created by uh, a trio of, a trio of people are credited as creators. We have John Rogers, Dwayne Capizzi, and Jeff Klein. Um. Uh, John Rogers co-wrote Catwoman and Transformers. Uh, mm. Oh, so that's that's kind of fun. It's a fun, cute little pedigree. Uh, and then the other two, worst movie of all time, Catwoman. <laughs> <laughs> the other two are much more animation guys. Uh, Dwayne Capizzi wrote a bunch of scripts for like a million different shows going back a while, and Jeff Klein's been involved as a producer and like wrote a bunch of pilots and you know that including the like the Men in Black cartoon. Um, sure. Yeah. And so there's there's some there's some some good good pedigrees if you ignore John Rogers uh, behind it, but then their cast is really cool. I think uh, because more so than we would have ever expected in the '90s, they have a lot of Asian actors or Asian American actors in this show, and yeah. I really appreciate that. Yeah, it's it's excellent to see that. Um, when yeah, very very recently we were seeing cases of. Uh, a very similar time frame. We had uh, Rob Paulson playing Haji in the Real Adventures of oh. Johnny Quest. Yes, um, and uh, you know it's just uh, this one isn't for you, Yakko. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you don't get this one. Um, Notorious racist Yakko Warner. <laughs> <laughs> we can't say that about Rob. I'm sure he's very nice. Um, I'm sure he is too. But, uh, you know, but but it was a, it was a frustrating trend for a very, yeah. very long time. Uh, and it is really nice to see that level of respect um, for this show. Um, and it extends a lot further than the voice cast, you know, and I think we'll talk more about that when we get into the show. But yeah, um, it is just a really nice um, uh, antidote, I think, to a lot of um, uh, Asian stories that are told by non-asian people 
Um, yeah. Well, when, especially I, I, when all of your show creators and writers are predominantly white, it's good to kind of put your best foot forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and also, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to go on record and say that there's nothing even slightly problematic in Jackie Chan Adventures. Uh, you know, I'm I'm sure they make weird missteps. I don't speak from a place of being anywhere near an Asian person at all. Uh, but you know, I I could I could see certain things being taken a different way. But I think well, with Jackie so many Chan pe- in the show is a strangely like some sort of like imperialist Egyptologist, like, yeah, <laughs> gl- globe trotting <laughs> artifact stealing, yeah, <laughs> I know problem it's- machine. It's 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 rather odd, uh, but I think I think most of it is just really cool, and it takes the sort of like, uh, I mean it's 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 an action adventure show first and foremost, but it also has like a really healthy dose of like sort of magic mysticism type stuff going on. Uh, I mean it's central to the plot is like this sort of Asian magic type thing, and I can't speak to whether or not that's done in a respectful way, but I find it entertaining. And with with enough people involved, I hope that it's not incredibly offensive from some angles. But my my impression is that it's cartoonish to the point that it is not um, obscene. Right. right? That it is uh, they take the they take the effort to use, you know, again, this is not to suggest that, you know, uh, Hong Kongers actually think that this is a spell that does something. But like mm-hmm. they use actual Cantonese to do an actual Cantonese phrase for their <laughs> yeah, for their right. money. Yeah. Oh, are you talking about are you talking about Uncle's thing that he says all the time? The like uh the, you fight these out. Yeah. Because I've never forgotten you mogwe go fight these out, like for the my entire life. It's incredibly it's incredibly mimetic, especially if you're like, you know, well, not especially if you don't speak Chinese, but like for somebody who doesn't speak any Chinese or or any sort of language that's very different, a lot of times Words have a way of falling right out of your brain. You've got kind of mm-hmm. nowhere to nowhere to hang those coat hangers. Yeah. But that one sticks. I don't know why. Everybody yeah, I, I know, know who's seen the show remembers it. And Austin probably thinks we're crazy because it doesn't get said in these first two episodes. But no. it's like it's like it's like Uncle's it becomes a uh, thing. It's like his all purpose, like ward off evil, like sort of chanting mm-hmm. spell. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think okay. in, I think literally in Cantonese, it, 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 it means essentially like, you know, evil spirits and whatever go away. Like, like it's just the sort of goblins get out of my house, <laughs> get out of my garage. <laughs> I mean, it, it really <laughs> is amazing. Gobbles, gamas, you gobble ghouls. Okay, <laughs> it really is amazing how much more authenticity you can bring to something by by literally just having some respect and like having people <laughs> of that culture. And like not just pulling from the same like cliche vault that so many yes. white people have done for so long. <laughs> uh, you actually like get a much better story. Yeah, it's uh, it's really evident. I mean, it's really evident here. Oh, something we haven't talked about yet uh, is the fact that in case you were wondering or in case I, I think some people labored under this particular misconception their whole lives is that Jackie does not do Jackie's voice in this show. It's a different actor. No. Yeah, Jack- it's a it's a bummer to me. Well, obviously, because, you know, if you're if you're a fan of the movies, but like, I don't know, Jackie Chan has such a unique charisma that I mm-hmm. is a little bit lost in, in this in this. Uh-huh. Tent, in, well, in this and show. he makes such a big deal, especially on camera at the end of episode two about doing all of his own stunts and be like, yeah. that's really Jackie. Don't you know that's Jackie? And then it's like the voice actor is not Jackie. And the voice but, actor is not Jackie. <laughs> it's sort of it's sort of a weird contradiction at the center. But I think. Um, 
like a lot of the other celebrity centered cartoons we've been watching recently, um, including uh, Pro Stars and Hulk Hogan. Yes. Um, you know, I think whether these celebrities wanted to do it or not, whether they could be afforded, they they took one look at like, I have to spend how much time in the recording booth? Well, and I, <laughs> I don't think that it even probably came up like that. Like maybe he was offered the role of Jackie, uh, but they probably just asked if they could use his likeness for a show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, I mean, I, there, but it really is like, you know, obviously voice acting is a skill is a trained skill and not everybody can just sort of pick it up um, mm -hmm. or take or have the schedule time to do it. So yeah, it makes sense from a logistical standpoint that you just can't have somebody of that caliber just in the recording booth for, you know, eight hours a day or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the other, the rest of the, I mean, the voice cast is, is pretty good. Uh, they've got, one of my favorites, uh, Sab Shimono. For the record, I like the guy who plays Jackie Chan. I just, it yeah. was, and, and I knew that he didn't voice him going into this rewatch. I just, I'd forgotten that he doesn't, I, I had remembered him doing a pretty decent Jackie Chan impression, and I didn't feel that in this, in the rewatch. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not like so literally an impression. It's more like the. An evocation. Uh, oh, God. Uh, Austin's been watching so many of those videos <laughs> that that guy on YouTube. Uh, Look, that accent daddy. Accent daddy on YouTube. Uh, yeah, it is more of an evocation. Um, but that's James. I don't know how to say his last name. C S C uh, C James C. We'll it's say hard that. to know without knowing where it's from. It's probably just C. It could be just C. Um, who is also uh, the cabbage seller in Avatar: The Last Airbender, which is like maybe oh. the thing that I know him the most from. It's not like he had that many lines. It's just like that. I thought that he was had funny. the line. He had, he had that the one. line. <laughs> My cabbages. Yeah. Uh, a girl named Stacy Chan played Jade, uh, and she was eleven at the start of the show. So it's also really nice again to get an actual kid playing a kid oh part. God. Rather I'm than so just tired like, of like. 32 uh, year olds being like gee willikers <laughs> mister like you can't uh. yeah it's so exhausting to listen to yeah uh uncle is sab shimono and i i like sab shimono he's, dope. he's really good he's really good he's a he's an old like veteran stage actor but he's also like been in a million things uh i also really on, like the guy who plays toru yes toru that's um it's a guy named noah nelson i think I don't know him from anything in particular. I think he does more video game voices, but he's good. Uh, and then Clancy Brown plays Captain uh, Black. Clanky. Clanky Brown. Clank. <laughs> <laughs> and I guarantee you've either seen him or heard him in something. Uh, and well, I definitely guarantee you've heard him in something because you can't escape SpongeBob and he's Mr. Krabs. Um, so Mr. Krabs is Captain Black, which I think is fun. And then there's a whole bunch of other really good voices. I thought it was really weird. I learned something new, though, when I was looking through the list uh, just today, which is that one of the goons, Finn, he's the, the red-haired one, uh, is Adam Baldwin from Firefly's Firefly Chuck. Adam Baldwin, yeah. That's so weird that it's Adam Baldwin. I don't know. Rory's probably burning uh, to death <laughs> over there in, the, in, in his weird little personal cocoon he makes every time we talk about voice actors. Um, but I just thought that was Oh, funny. I thought you were going to say it because you were talking about bringing back Firefly. <laughs> my other my other weird the other the other torch i burn a a adam baldwin is in the sorbo ditch along with kevin sorbo he's, yeah he is he's sort he's of weird of and shit. conservative now uh that's fine yeah um, <laughs> well honestly uh I'm, I'm just really looking forward to the day that we find out firefly is coming back and it's a crossover with harry potter so that we can watch rory <laughs> fully give up just self-immolate <laughs> I guess I was wrong about everything. 
that's that's like a walking like Deadpool crossover shirt. Yeah, it's God. a walking Deadpool crossover shirt. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> uh I think I think it's time. I think we gotta yeah. do it. Let's dive right in. Let's dive right in. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, everybody, we are back um, and we are uh, shooting the breeze in this garage. Uh, we have sort of we're sort of re-inhabiting these wonderful characters uh, as we sort of go back from our analytical voice to to our, our theater. Boy, here we go. Oh, yeah, there we go. Hey, Ma. Hey, Ma, we got a show. We got a new show. It's called Jackie Chan Adventures. Episode one. Keep it down in there. I'm trying to play bridge. Don't you talk to War Toro like that. It's <laughs> <laughs> like guest um, in our house, mother. So so uh we are we were in Jersey, but we we're about to leave and be swept away into a world of magic. Um <laughs> and so Jackie Chan Adventures Episode One, The Dark Hand, here is the synopsis. Jackie Chan joins Section 13 to stop the Dark Hand from getting the rooster talisman that he finds embedded in a shield in a Bavarian castle. He must also deal with his niece, Jade, who has flown in to live with him. Man, that is a powerful sentence full of a lot of strangeness. Mm hmm. Jackie Chan joins Section 13 to stop the Dark Hand from getting the rooster talisman that he finds embedded in a shield in a Bavarian castle. I feel like there's just there's there's more meat there than I can chew. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think it was clear. So I, I made the joke about him being this sort of like globe tropic gro- globe trotting like colonial power. And mm-hmm. uh I think they go to great care to intentionally set this somewhere that is not problematic. So yeah. yes, it's a little bit strange. Yeah. They're in a Bavarian castle full of gold, but uh <laughs> at least they're not stealing it from the natives. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's a really interesting perspective because of our sort of as you know, as Americans, our perception of exoticism, you know, mm-hmm. has been really warped by uh, our pop culture and by, you know, a lot of these like, oh, what area is the, you know, mystical place, you know, on Earth? And it's like, hey, right. we're in Germany and like a place that I've been like yeah, I've been exactly. to Neuschwanstein Castle, which is kind of the Bavarian castle they're going for here. I know we're and in uh, social isolation right now. So can I, is there a, an easy way for me to just mail you the points, Austin? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I'm trying to make a point here. Hey, ooh, if we're handing out points, I was just in Bavaria not too long ago. That's as true. Well, you so. were, um, but you didn't go to the castle that I went to. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so this Sorry, castle, the points can still go to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just reroute, reroute those uh, really quick. I didn't know it was um, national. Be a fucking cuck to your friend today. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, speaking of cuck, that rooster talisman they've got to get from. Oh <laughs> no, no, yeah, I, no I, th- I think God, I think it is, it is a regular. No, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I do think um, it is interesting that we are in that we're in Bavaria. I, I mean, for exa- for all the reasons that you just said, but also because the the item that they get from this is clearly a. Chinese item. supposed to be a Chinese artifact, yeah. Uh, yeah, and and of course later on we learned that like these talismans were sort of flung to the four corners of the globe, which is a phrase that makes no sense, but it is especially not with twelve different artifacts. 
<laughs> well, it doesn't make sense because the flat world is a large disc, so it doesn't uh, have corners. Just a ring around it, an Arctic ring. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure we're not going to get more information on this, but I would find it interesting to see, like, yeah, this like magical Chinese ar- artifact shows up in Bavaria and ends up in someone's treasure room in a castle. Like, that's an interesting story all on its own. Yeah. But we're, we're never going to get it. But I, I, I just think it's an interesting notion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, the the sequence we get here is a really cool way to start off the show um, because we are getting a full action sequence with Jackie, a full Indiana Jones sequence of like traps and goons mm-hmm. and fighting and um, a really cool like spear twirl uh that he does like we're getting jackie chan and you know it's a kind really great of. this is a, i have a i have a bit of a bone to pick on the action uh just because we we've this is a show the character's jackie chan the title's jackie chan i didn't feel it in the action i know that i know it's a magical show and i know it's a cartoon so i don't want to be overly like this isn't realistic enough just it does not to me evoke the Jackie Chan's like film style. It is not like Jackie Chan is, is it, what makes him, his stuff so special, right? It's like that he gets, he gets hurt. He's fallible. Yep. He loses. He is funny. He, uh, he adapts and he overcomes. And that was not what we saw. We saw a guy See, who is a fucking ninja constantly I, rocking it. I actually disagree with you. I mean, I, I feel like we got, a lot of those elements in in what we've seen, I feel like we've got we get a lot of Jackie's reactions of pain. We see him adapting to, uh, you know, the the uh, equipment he's given, um, turning turning things like windshield wipers into weapons. Um, uh, is that adapting I, or is that immediately just harnessing with great skill? <laughs> well, well, look, I mean, there's there, there's going to be, you know, some trade offs and obviously every every sequence in a five season show can't have the same sort of thought and consideration that a movie does. And, sure. you know, it's sort of it, it is uh, both a blessing and a curse that this show is is um, not not copying, but but sort of working Aping? from the template. Well, working from the template of Jackie Chan movies. Sure. Um, because they are both amazing. And so it's a great thing to copy. It's like, you know, if you're going to steal, steal from the best. And and so it it has a lot of great moments because it's working off of really great content. At the same time, it's always going to be compared. Still, I thought the action was best when it when it was not doing the Kung Fu. I I thought Uncle and Jade were more compelling and will. And if you've seen the show kind of continue to be and Toru. um, Yeah, I mean, there's only so much. I think I think if you can't be Jackie Chan. And there's an element that's lost when you're animated, right? Because there's right. automatically lower stakes. Right. You can't animated. hurt a cartoon. You cannot hurt a cartoon. Also, a cartoon can have sort of, you know, mildly superhuman abilities. Jackie mm-hmm. jumps like 20 feet in the air on the reg in this show. Uh, so, like, there's already less stakes and he's clearly presented as the competent one. And so while they try and hit some of those notes from the like from the movies and make some references and like, he, you know, he does takes to the camera when things go wrong. He's obviously improvising weapons like nobody's business grabbing. Things yeah, I guess it, at, the core of my, at the core of my complaint is that in, in his movies, Jackie Chan is consistently and to a fault human. And mm-hmm. I felt that Jackie Chan in Jackie Chan Adventures is consistently superhuman. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And I will, I will absolutely give you that. Uh I do think that they take the time for uh, frequently to hit the right beats. 
They do. They hit. They hit the beats a little bit. They give it. They, but again, it's sort of it's sort of couched in these cartoon moments. It doesn't really feel like Jackie Chan. It feels like any cartoon would have hit those beats. I guess, but and maybe not. Yet the execution in this show is really good because yeah. when we talk about older shows in the '80s and '90s, and even a lot of newer shows, if we were if we were looking at those, we talk. We've talked a lot about nonsense, and I can't think of a show that makes me want to watch the fight scenes. You know, the show has a ton to praise about it, which I will do as we continue to talk about it. I just meant in its literal Jackie Chaniness, I felt it kind of failed. Right, right. I, I just, you know, I was I was more just saying yes to what you said, but sure. also the fight scenes themselves managed to be really quite interesting and fun to watch. Yes, in the way they are. That they in are. the nonsense in other cartoons we watched, I immediately just check out and do something else for a I, minute. And uh, and to to keep the conversation moving because I I agree with exactly what you're saying I I like the design of Jackie Chan I feel like it is cartoonish and different enough to be kind of not you know not some sort of weird golem uh, and yet yeah. similar enough that it's Jackie Chan mm-hmm. yeah it it makes the most sense to adapt a celebrity as a brand um, as for the show like compared to pro stars compared to Hulk Hogan compared to some of these other cartoons. That right. Are like, because Jackie Chan has a style that can be done as well. That is part yeah, of a style and cinematic also culture. He literally like is really good at Kung Fu. Like, like <laughs> yeah. you don't have to, you yes. don't have to turn him into a, an action superstar. Uh, yes. You know, like, like he is, he is that like, that's just yeah. who he is. And so, you know, having to turn Michael Jordan into a like gadget wearing like super spy <laughs> just like doesn't doesn't make as much sense. Um, no, and, no, it's already baked in when you when you right. grabbed Jackie. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it is funny, though, that nobody in this universe seems to know that Jackie Chan is Jackie Chan. Like, like yeah. he, he has his name, but I just kept wanting someone to be like, oh, fuck, that's Jackie Chan. Like, <laughs> you must kill Jackie. Like. I don't want to kill Jackie Chan. I love, I love that guy's movies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, you know, it is, it is, I, 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 I'm on the tip of my tongue. There's another example of something like this, but for the life of me, I can't grab it. But, you know, they've made a version of Jackie who is an archaeologist, but still has all of Jackie's training somehow. He's so, Indiana Jones. Yeah. But he's Jackie Chan. Exactly. And by doing so, of course, they remove all of the real life details about Jackie Chan, but we keep all of the fun things we know about Jackie, which is that he's <laughs> funny and self-effacing and ridiculous and really good at Kung Fu and all that other stuff. And, you know, I, I think I think it really I think it really does work. I also love his attitude as a chipper protagonist versus some other like action protagonists that either have to be nothing but nonstop quip machines or mm-hmm. just like badass cool guy. You know, and to have Jackie just be so like, OK, or like, oh, great. Yeah. What's up? Oh, no. Like just his. He's humble. His he takes spirit. advice. He listens. He's nice. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's he's a, a lot more character. like he's a lot more like an Aang than mm-hmm. uh, than any other sort of type that I could put him into. Right. Like, uh, he, well, you he, could. He, his type is like Jackie Chan. <laughs> so Aang <laughs> yeah. is more like a Jackie Chan. Ja- Aang I is think. a Jackie Chan. Yeah, totally. exactly. So let's let's talk a little bit about I mean, I, we could the, the plots of these episodes are not going to take us too much time to really cover uh, for better or for worse. There's a lot of action in this show and I really like it. And there's a lot of good moments. Um, but there there are some pretty high minded, high concept things going on in this show. Maybe we should talk a bit about the 
the the plot and the characters in general. Yeah. Sure. Um, uh, so the the big thing that kicks off the beginning is when he's doing his like Indiana Jones temple heist uh, with getting the shield um, is that we we pan out to see two different groups of nasty men who are who have him in their sights and are like, follow him. Follow him. Like they both, you know, and that's kind of fun, too. Yeah. Is we don't know who the bad person is. Are they both bad? Are they looking at each other are they all looking at jackie it's kind of like you know yeah well and and i know this is a kid's show and this is a lot to ask for it but i do wish that we had less confidence in section 13 you know they're like a shadowy government organization really quick in this episode we do learn that they're the good guys and the dark hand are the bad guys and i don't don't know i thought it would be would have been maybe more interesting if we if we let captain black be more of an enigmatic character mm-hmm. and not well sure it's, it's funny you mentioned that there was uh in discussions about like kind of how the x-files grew over the years was this so it where this show came out you said in 2001 2000 2000 so we're kind of hitting we're on the downfall of this of this uh of this bell curve but like early 90s was a lot of confidence in our government that it was competent and capable and kind and and mm-hmm. and and that has just basically steadily declined uh, yeah. from 1990 <laughs> to, to to 2020. Uh, yeah. With perhaps a plateau during the Obama years. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, but, I like, feel the you. point is, is that like uh, there was a feeling that the government agencies, if not, you know, if not our, our presidents and our leaders and our senators and our congressers, uh, <laughs> those clowns in Congress. Those clowns in those clowns in Congress. Um, <laughs> Don't get on one of your political rants again. <laughs> no, Me and War Turtle are gonna march down there tomorrow, <laughs> and I'm gonna give those clowns a piece of my mind, Ma. Mr. War Turtle no. goes to Washington. <laughs> no, but so so it's. Uh, I think it's an interesting point that uh, this show does not have the nihilism about the government that starts to be really present in uh in all of our media pretty soon yeah mm-hmm. maybe Definitely. maybe after a certain september uh perhaps soon perhaps you might think uh so so yeah we we really quickly kind of get through a few plot beats we meet a few characters uh jackie lives with his uncle who runs an antique shop in san francisco and right. his uncle is the best character in the show hands down Uncle is amazing, and I so love him. I I adore Uncle so far. I uh, you know I love me a good a good Uncle character, uh, but I love that he has a catchphrase that gets funnier every time he says it. <laughs> and I don't think I've seen that before with a cartoon that is very sort of catchphrase heavy. One that is more bold. thing. One yeah. more thing. One more thing. And so often we see a catchphrase used that we just are immediately like, oh, no, it feels like gonna a be real a quirk. It feels like a believable yeah. thing. Uh huh. It's not just like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> stop. Oh, my okay. God. Well, I think there's two things that are like super different about this catchphrase than most than most situations, which is like, A, they gave it to the old guy and not some annoying scrappy do. 
right? Right. Like right. it's it's kind of amusing for the old guy to have a catchphrase. And then the catchphrase itself is something so believable about like an old person who who like sort of constantly has things to tell you. Mm-hmm. Like you know, right. they've always want to tell you how to live and tell you, you know, what you're doing wrong and he's always saying one more thing, but he's also talking slowly. Like he says one more thing like five times in a row and you're like, "Good god, get to the point." I think yeah. it's, it's just it's funny because it is relatable and real. And yeah. then it's an old guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I think there's there's a real truth to it that even if I don't have family that's literally says one more thing, I have people who takes me five tries to hang up the phone on. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Right. Totally. Totally. Yeah. That you could not even be aware of it. And so yeah, it's it's excellent. And then we have our audience insert. Uh, we have Jade, who is. They call her Jackie's niece, though technically she's his first cousin once removed. She's his cousin's daughter. Um, and I guess she was a real handful in Hong Kong, and she was sent here sort of without warning, I guess. So this is a stress, this is a fun little kind of kerfuffle. Now, I do actually believe, like, in, in this sort of, like, big extended family, he lives with his uncle. I can kind of, and if, and he's, he's, like, incredibly competent and successful, and, uh, I believe that somebody just kind of got shipped off to live with Uncle Jackie. <laughs> I kind sure. of do. I kind of buy yeah. into it. Um, yeah. That being said, I find that they go through a sort of strange, a sort of strange, um, I don't know, linguistic checklist to get everybody on the same page. Mm, yes, that's true. She speaks with a perfect American accent and and idioms aplomb. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. She <laughs> is very comfortable with american english um to the <laughs> and point it would be that really her... funny if she was like doing it a little wrong like if she learned her all of her sayings from you know friends or whatever <laughs> yeah. yeah something where it just it becomes more noticeable when she keeps saying like chinese food i just moved here from hong kong can't we get some tex-mex i thought that was funny um, yes. although her accent again was kind of made it a little bit a little bit silly yeah that's the incongruous part yeah, yeah, it's just yeah that incongruity is. You know, I was born in Hong Kong. <laughs> I don't want noodles. <laughs> but I, I like, I like Jade. Uh, there's, there's sort of an interesting like if you, if you've got all of your heroic traits and you have to divvy them up amongst your main cast in some way. Uh, I think it's interesting they gave all of the sort of mental ones to Jade and all the physical ones to Jackie. Uh, yeah. Because Jackie's, you know, he's got that sort of built in, like, he's, you know, he's a middle-aged man or a young adult in the middle, you know, whatever. Like, he's already, he's got some world wisdom, but repeatedly in this show, Jade is the one who comes up with the the fun ideas and the, like, the the last minute, like, ahas. And Jackie's just the one who just happens to luck into executing fights perfectly. (laughs) So, I wanted to say, to me, it found it, it seemed so arbitrary. This felt like an oversight. It kind of kicked me out of the scene a little bit. When he speaks to his family from Hong Kong and Jackie, if we haven't mentioned it, clearly speaks as a as a ESL sort of English. Yes. This is not. Is, and yeah, he, um, has, he has an accent. Yeah. And he starts talking to her. Well, he does, he has a you know, it's one of those things because he, he speaks perfect English, but he, he does have an accent. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, that is to say he starts talking to her in English and is like for for one, it doesn't make any sense to begin with. 
because it's not his yeah. first language. It's not her first language. Yep. Uh, and she's not from America. But I don't know. <laughs> and then and then for that to twist onto her having a completely perfect American accent and be completely unaddressed was just weird. It just didn't make mm-hmm. sense uh-huh. to me. I, I'd be interested to know how they like what the differences in the dialogue are it, when they aired this in China. Because well, he I did think speak I, to her in Cantonese, which was a nice yeah, touch. Which is cool. Not, yeah. not none of that. No, no Mandarin. But like in a in China, like I wonder how different the dialogue plays out because clearly they know American kids aren't going to pick up on those things or care. You know what I mean? Like yeah. for the most part, if 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 I mean, unless they are you know related to Chinese people in any particular way, and they would sort of recognize that as a little weird, like. The the sort of mass market appeal they're going for in America probably isn't really paying that close attention, especially not if you're like me and I'm 12 years old. Just to finish up thoughts on Jade, um, I enjoy seeing a character, this sort of like troubled youth trope um, actually happen with a kid who is like an unrepentant piece of shit. Like, you <laughs> know. In a, in a good way, you know, in a good yeah. way. Like, I really enjoy her character, but she is a troublemaker, you know, to in a lot degree. of ways. To the nth degree. And not not in a super irritating way all the time, but but in just like, look, I'm not going to obey what you you're saying. You believe her like, parents needed a break. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. When it's like what? she's not doing well in school and like, yeah, I can kind of get that. <laughs> you well, know, we talked about the moment where he was like, do you speak English? And later on, they do a callback in reference to this where he, like, tells her not to come along. And then she shows up anyway. And he's like, you speak English? You know I do. So what part of go to your room do you not understand? <laughs> then why aren't you doing what I say to do? <laughs> do you just hear Jackie blah, 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 blah? It's, <laughs> yeah. it's a great line. It's yeah, so funny. It, yeah. Her, her uh, writing is good. Her writing is great. Um, yeah. I would say. Um, really surprisingly good. Um. Yeah, I'm just I'm just tired of like the other other shows where it's like, yeah, I've had a troubled past. I'm a I'm a troubled teen, but they're like they're just. But fine. then they act righteously well, and every the day. The fun thing about yeah. Jade too is is you really get the impression she's that kind of like bored genius type. Now, not uh-huh. in an obnoxious way, but like when there's real adventure, when there's real danger, she gets serious. She's a business. She handles her business. Yeah, right. right. It's Absolutely. only when she's like nothing going on that she starts getting into trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she likes to poke at the edges. It's fun. It's fun. She's a really, she's a really fun character. I like the dynamic that Jackie, Uncle, and Jade have yeah, as like a, totally. an interesting little cross generational family unit. Um, yeah, and the, they, yeah, the back and fun. forth is really snappy. Um, their mobsters come in to the antique shop, uh, and <laughs> one of whom is just like a seventies disco man. Yeah. So I, I think this is really smart. Again, because we're talking. This is the show takes place in a globetrotting way and is not going to have the time or the audience to handle everybody respectfully. So these weird 70s mobsters who are like gray skinned, I <laughs> yeah. think avoids a lot of problems. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I, I like I like them. They're the, they're the team rocket of the show, right? Mm-hmm. We've got we've got these three goons that work for Valmont, who works for Shendu, and they're all the, the dark hand. And uh, the three goons show up pretty much every episode and they're the ones getting beat to crap by Jackie like all the right. time. There's also Toru, the fourth goon. Uh-huh. There's Toru, the big boy. Uh, there's to, also ninjas. There's also... Is the, that like fourth meal? Like you go to Taco Bell for fourth goon? Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> there's also the ninjas. These these oh the shadow con the shadow con, and it's nice to have a mix of actual threatening threatening cannon fodder. Well, yeah, to draw another parallel, I might say that the goons are Bebop and Rocksteady, and then you've got the Foot Clan. Um, right, totally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Agree completely. Yeah. And, and I, think it, I think that dynamic really does work. I mean, there's a lot of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles wrapped up in here uh, with, with a very Shredder and yeah. Krang dynamic happening between Which is Valmont. so good, and it's so underused. It is. Mm-hmm. I love it. Because Valmont is our main season villain, right? Like, he's this British guy. He's this spooky British mob boss who runs the Dark Hand. But he is, he is himself receiving basically just constant instruction from a Two villains demon. who hate each other and have to work together is consistently funny and <laughs> dramatic. It's great. Yeah, yeah and it, it gives you a good sense of, like, this could scale up from here. Because, you know, we get the bad guy in season one or whatever, and then maybe there's still obviously a bigger threat. And yeah. we, we're, but we're aware of that and we're kind of excited for, you know, for totally. that progression to happen. Um, but so uh, the antique store gets gets, um, you know, threatened by by these goons, this sort of classic. Like, It'd be a shame if something. something happened to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a, a fun bit of a fun bit of physical business with knocking over vases and then Jackie's trying to catch all the vases and flipping mm-hmm. around to try to, like, keep them. Um and when they leave, because they're looking for the the shield that he just got from Bavaria, um, Uncle comes in and says, Did they buy anything? No. You terrible salesman. Yeah. <laughs> God, that was so funny. I laughed it's so, so hard at that line. It's You're a terrible great joke. salesman. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens then is is basically they don't waste any time after that as Jackie runs out and sees him and begins a little car chase um, and then a, a fun fight on a playground. Uh, mm-hmm. where we mentioned the windshield wipers before where he gets the wipers and he they have magic swords. Um, <laughs> yeah, the like goons have magic swords. swords. <laughs> yeah, and he, uh, he fights them off with the windshield wipers and then uses pretty much everything on the playground as a way to thwart these goons. Um, yeah. Which, again, is just... It's that sprinkling of Jackie flavor that this show yeah. needs to have. Mm-hmm. A little dash of pepper. Um, uh, and, and it's after this that we officially meet Section 13. Right. Uh, we, meet, we meet Captain Black, who apparently has some sort of history with Jackie. They know each other. His name, you know, his name's Augustus Black. This is the Clancy Brown. The, the, the Clanky Brown character. Cl- oh, Clanky Brown, yeah. Clanky Brown. And he's got a very Men in Black type like secret base that he runs his stuff out of apparently here in San Francisco. Uh, and the entrance, Jackie accidentally finds the entrance when he's like, he's mad at him. Cause like, like, cause captain black, like knocked him out to like get him. And he's like, why'd you knock me out? That's really rude to do to a friend and like storms off and is going to call a payphone, like call a somebody on a payphone. And the payphone, it turns out is a secret entrance to their base. Yeah. Sort of in like a, like a ministry of magic, Harry Potter sort of way. Oh, oh yeah. No, <laughs> Ma, they're doing it again. I told you. I told you they'd talk about the boy who lived. Ma, they're talking shit about Slytherin again. <laughs> well, I would never do that because uh, I'm a Slytherin and I would love okay. to. Oh, my God. Okay. Can we do a sequence? Can we do a sequence at one point, maybe for Patreon, where Rory has to sit with us and take the starting <laughs> quiz? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but we meet Section Thirteen. There, we—I mean, I'd say that, but we only meet Captain Black. The rest of them are sort of face, faceless agents or whatever. 
Uh, and he he wants to offer Jackie a position because they are trailing the Dark Hand, uh, the main bad guys, and they have realized that the Dark Hand is after spooky, like, you know, ancient artifacts, and they clearly have no one on staff who knows shit about that. And so they want Jackie on board to help. And also he knows Jackie, and also Jackie clearly can beat the crap out of whoever he wants, and that's also dope. Yeah, um, there's a there's a line where they're like, we also, we know you found the shield in Bavaria. And he's like, why does everybody know about this? <laughs> Which is another yeah. good line. Um, and also, I do adore that they know each other already. Like, mm-hmm. it's such a shortcut. It cuts for, a lot of chaff, yeah. good right It's such a shortcut for good writing, like, in, mm-hmm. a, in a really good way of just, like, give people a history. Give people a backstory. Not everybody can be meeting everyone for the first time. It sucks. Yep. Especially in a pilot. It's like, hey, you know, we know each other. Great. You've just given yourself so much more ammunition later. Absolutely. Um, and so, yeah, that was a really nice choice. And it's not overused. It's not like a big thing in the plot hinges on them being being acquainted. But it's just a, a smart touch. Um, and it, it, it just removes a lot trust. of coincidence and, and baloney and yeah. like plot baloney yeah. that you've got to worry about. Uh-huh. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And it means that he trusts him almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Um you know, Jade doesn't because she doesn't know she's gone down in a motorcycle to come back <laughs> and, and rescue Dude, that's him. Actually, that was that was my favorite. This was my favorite action idea of the episode because Jackie, uh, she thinks that she's saving Jackie because all she saw was somebody knock him out and steal him. And so she busts through on a motorcycle and grabs Jackie and he's like on a swivel chair and he's dra- she's dragging him behind her on the swivel chair. And at one point he had, like the chair goes up onto the like the wall and he's it's like jumping cool. over doors. And like it's a really fun idea for like, you know, it's it's maybe only 10 seconds of, of animation, but it was really fun. I liked it a lot. Um, and then at the end, we get a great Jackie. Uh, we get a great Jade line where she says, your friends knocked you out and took you to a super secret underground base. America is so cool <laughs> it's fun <laughs> and also we get a we get that sort of hint of jade's again her competence the the confidence that she does have because she she's a fuck up in a lot of ways that is that is going to be her you know she's going to grow throughout the show but like mm-hmm. uh augustus black is like how did she get in here and jack is like dude i, I just met this girl but like i think this is par for the course <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 um so we i'm we can kind of gloss over the rest, I think, um, unless there's other stuff. I actually there's one scene that I really I really like. It's more it's more uncle stuff. I just want to drop this whole clip. He says uh, he calls he calls him on the on the phone and he's oh, like, where yeah. are you? Where are you? I can't say one more thing. Have you seen Jade? Yes, she's with me. See, I knew you two would get along. One more thing. I have been doing research on the shield, Jackie. I found what the inscriptions mean. They are incantations. Incantations? Magic. Very powerful. But the shield not important. Of course the shield is important, Uncle. Everybody I meet today wants the shield. Ah, shield not important. (laughs) It's just like, it's really fun. and And they keep coming back to this shield not important thing, uh, which is really, really very funny. And I... I don't think it's funny because of the broken English. I think it's funny because of the delivery and the content. Uh, right. But I think there's a non-zero part of that where we're a little bit like laughing at his broken English. I, no, I'm, I'm going to go on record and say that there's I've said it before. I said it when we talked about um, Konstupa Nusenpon. It mm-hmm. can be it can be two things. 
Yeah. Uh, accents are allowed to be funny. What's not funny is making fun of somebody's like in like how they've learned English, like making fun of a person. Yeah. But like the fact that some things sound funny in some accents, I don't think is offensive. I know that and that's not the always that there's an ebb and a flow to you know, totally we'll land on that topic. But I don't think that uh, um, I think that affectations can be are part of comedy. And yeah. uh, you can and those be respectful. actors are obviously doing, uh, yeah. you know, a great job and making us laugh when they talk. And I come from the I come from the people of the silliest accent. <laughs> your people the norwegian the norwegian the norwegian accent is for a hundred percent the silliest accent <laughs> but i guess i guess i just mean that like his you know I'm, I'm i think he's i think maybe he's japanese but like his uh you know his take on this is is got a little bit of authenticity too which i think really goes a long way um and they yeah so the, the main thing that happens uh, with this shield is that of course we learn that the, in the center of the shield is a talisman and the talisman is the thing that's the most important. And uh, after some more crazy action where Shen Du sends the shadow con against them, uh, they do end up with the talisman because Jade managed to steal it without really needing anyone to tell her to do it. And she's like, you know, big old shit eating grin about the whole thing too, <laughs> uh, which I really, I really enjoy. Um, but yeah. the shadow con are spooky because she didn't know. She mm-hmm. just kind of stole it because she's yeah. a, she's a she's <laughs> right. compunctious. And then she had a chance to like get some points for it later. Yeah, she wanted and points. milked it and fucking milked it. <laughs> yeah, but I love yeah. I love the shots with all the shadow con. They the way they animate them, you know, sort of jumping around and flying in from off screen. Oh yeah, the, we should talk a little bit. So the animation of the show is quite beautiful. Um, there's not all that much to say about it in detail, but like you've got. You've got character models that kind of ebb and flow between uh, pretty cool and when it might be problematic, they're very cartoonish and like uh, abstract and mm-hmm. like clearly not real, like not real people for whom you could draw one to one comparisons. Well, which honestly, I think is, the the most uh, the most grotesque character design is the British guy is is oh my gosh. whose face right, is yeah. just like. It, like it's a supposed moon. to just be like he's, a, he's got a he's, yeah. it's a fully a, 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 a crescent moon yeah <laughs> yeah yeah with a ponytail uh. on it yeah <laughs> god um, I was gonna say but I like that the backgrounds become these sort of pastels yeah um, and they're doing this really interesting thing where the 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 fill colors are like completely like the shapes are totally offset from the outlines it's like someone filled in a, a shape and then dragged it like and eh, over here but kept the outline where it was like it's mm-hmm. all got this really weird sort of uh abstract feel to the background which i don't know i've never seen in in any other cartoon i think it's really cool it doesn't yeah. look wildly original in and of itself but it kind of is mm-hmm. yeah yeah i'm grooving there's a lot it. there's a lot to love um so okay, so let's finish up this episode so that we can get into the other one. What is, did we did we miss anything important? They got uh, the rooster the, talisman. They have to collect all twelve talismans. Oh, we learned that there's twelve when they figure yes. out it's a Chinese zodiac. You yes. can put one to one together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Uncle Uncle comes back and says, "I told you, shield not important," uh, and tells them all about the talismans. And so now they have the rooster. But we it, the cool thing is that in episode one, we never get to see it used. We hear about all these talismans. We find out that they're magic, but we have to wait until episode two to even see what they do. It's it's kind of a cool, you know, come back next time. I think. Yeah. And especially for a show that's going to wind up being magical. I like that they kind of take their time introducing it. 
Right. Yeah. All the magic that we got this time was seeing there's a spooky, spooky dragon named Shendu. We do know there's a ghost, a, a ghost in a, in a, in a statue. In a statue. And we do know <laughs> the Shadow Khan are can kind of magic. Are, yeah. Are kind of magic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so the the final thing I think to talk about is the live action sequence at the very oh, end. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. We get we get a Jackie says a sailor says the sailor a says yeah <laughs> yeah. Um, although a few interesting things in my mind tripped when I watched this was um, how heavily cut it was. Um, it's basically some question for Jackie is pitched and he answers it. Um, but it was so quick and like chopped around that I wonder yeah. how usable a lot of that footage was. Hey Jackie, what inspired you to make this TV show? When I was young, I always liked cartoon. I really hope someday I want to be a cartoon character. Cartoon can do all kinds of things I cannot do in my real life. After so many, so many, so many years later, the people, the children still can remember me. Today, my dream come true. I love cartoon. It's hard to say. And it would yeah. depend if he's answering organically or if he's got a script. It's Yeah, it's, he's in a training dojo and he's like, oh, I was just doing Kung Fu punches. What's up? <laughs> um, I can answer a question or two. Um, oh, but he, I, sorry, I didn't see you there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he answers a question about like cartoons, about wanting to be in a cartoon. And it's it's very sweet and earnest. And he talks about, you know, how much he grew up loving cartoons and how cool it is that he gets to be a cartoon. Yeah, it's uh, nice. And then, like, immediately it cuts to this really just <laughs> awful credits theme by Weedus. <laughs> <laughs> by the band Weedus. <laughs> a song called Chan's the Man. And you know I'm using that as our transition out of the, the middle segment. Oh, yeah, we're, you have. We're yeah, going to hear is, Chan's the Man. It is funny that uh, looking up, uh, apparently you couldn't hear the song on regular broadcast because the network would pan away to advertise the next show. I hate that. And so you couldn't actually hear this theme most of the time on American broadcast. Uh, You could only hear it on like the Spanish broadcast on Telemundo. (laughs) But it might be funny if that's their excuse, if they didn't actually like, (laughs) if they didn't actually like the theme or like, oh, shoot. So, oh, no, sorry. Uh, We didn't, uh, we didn't get it. It's just like all the lyrics are so like, you kind of don't, like getting that specific like yeah write a song about our jackie chan cartoon and then they literally write lyrics that are literally about finding all of the talismans and jackie's so great and fighting and you're like it's a so ah, great a story song great this well is all, you know you, i would you, say you delivered a cringe it is cringy it is not good uh it is not the first song that they just kind of rattle off things about the show and it's especially <laughs> i think going to be present coming out months after well maybe close to a year but uh after pokemon right the story song sure story song the yes the actual the beginning of the this outro theme reminds me a lot of the card captors theme yeah so like quick <laughs> the quick chanting the like secrets of the cloud yeah the mystery anyway um austin just loved that song so much yeah should we move on gross good one let's yeah let's move on let's go to the sponsor
Hey, Rory. Hey, I'm here and I'm ready and I'm ready to talk about what you want to talk about. Nice. That's really good. That's what I, I like my, to hear. I've got my hands greased. My palms are greased. I've put on the, the beeswax. I need you to be as slippery as possible for this I'm one. slip in and out real quick. I want you to tell me everything that you know about our new sponsor, Revenge Chocolate. Revenge Chocolate is a great way to... Uh, have you ever had? Have you ever gone to the bathroom and not felt great about it? All the time. All the time. And With you felt, don't I? And you, <laughs> <laughs> Living in fear of what you've done. <laughs> well, it turns out that the the pain and misery that you went through actually actually congeals in in that little in that little brown water in the stool sample. Oh. Oh wow. So guess what you do with those? Where the, guess what the Ren chocolate is? Oh my God! You gather <laughs> it's it up. Worst, you take your worst poop. You, you give so many coli. Is that you give so many coli? <laughs> you rub it in their eyes. <laughs> so this is more straightforward than I expected. <laughs> you just say revenge chocolate. <laughs> And they're like, well, maybe it's revenge, so that doesn't sound too fun. But maybe it's well, chocolate sounds nice. Chocolate sounds nice. And then it's, they get a big old duke in the eye. This does sound illegal. <laughs> but it's so funny. <laughs> Revenge right. chocolate. Like, it's, it's illegal. Not it's not bear meat. It's, it's illegal, just, but it's, it's so very funny. funny. Uh, we're back at the uh, Jackie Chan Adventures. We're in the garage. We're back in the garage. <laughs> and this is episode two, The Power Within. And I think that is a pretty fun little double entendre for this one. Me, I also agree. Yes, I really, uh, I really got a kick out of that. Jade accidentally swallows the rooster talisman, giving her the ability to <laughs> levitate and lift things with her stomach. <laughs> They always say, lift with your stomach, not with your brain. <laughs> oh, man. It, it was really, like, visually, for a cartoon, it paid off pretty well. So she gets this sort of, like, sort of telekinesis, but because she's eaten it, she has to sort of control it through pelvic thrusts. It's pretty yeah. funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I I'm, guess- I'm really glad that, you know... Other shows, I feel like always give. We've always talked about the food character, who mm-hmm. just their whole thing, and and I feel like a lesser show would 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 have a character who's like, I love food. Oh no, I ate the big thing because I'm a big dumb idiot who eats stuff because I love food, and now I have a medallion in my tummy. Yeah, but well, and, and you'll see, you'll see you will see later that Toru is kind of the food one. He's on the bad guy team, but he's kind of the mm. food one, and of course. He is the he's giant. We didn't say this he's before, mastodonic but. in all proportions. He's but he's also <laughs> kind of dressed like a uh, like a sumo wrestler and he's Japanese. Yeah. I think I think we're clearly supposed to get a little sumo vibe off of him. Absolutely. We are. Uh, right. But he is he is a mountain of a man. He's tall and he has the girth. Uh, but he's and kind he's of the fucking food one, ripped too. Exactly. His arms, his arms are his arms are fucking tree trunks. 
but he but the food thing is not his only trait he is an interesting character they're all interesting but like again this is not a this is not your shitty show with the food one this is yeah. a good show um so what i think is interesting about this one uh from from our context right like uh, i guess we we didn't say this as much at the beginning but we are watching the uh, we're doing a, a guided tour through the whole first season of this show, which has 13 episodes and we're not going to watch all of them, but we are going to watch eight of them. And it's a pretty significant majority. We are just kind of editing it down for time. A little bit. Exactly. And this episode gives us a really solid look at what they're going to deliver us every week. And so we're going to get a new talisman power. They're going to, you know, obviously we, we, we have the talisman from episode one. It's the rooster talisman again, but this is the find out what the talisman does episode in the future. They're going to come, they're going to combine those. We're going to find a talisman and find out what it does every week. Sure. Um, but you know, they have the talisman. We find out what it does. The baddies try to get it. We have all these action sequences, but the fun thing that I really like that they do is that there is not, it's not just a boilerplate plot every time. There's always a weird twist on top of what's happening. Of course, we already cool. found out this one is that she's eaten it. Like, <laughs> that's a fun angle into this concept. There's an episode yeah. we're not going to watch where they have to go and get the ox talisman. And it's from, uh, like, it's, there is a, 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 like, Mexican luchador wrestler who has it, like, embedded in his lucha mask. And he uses it to win. And they have to get him to let it go. And so, like, there's all these really fun angles in on the plot that they they make sure they do every time so that it's not just we found a thing. It does a thing. We fight the guys. We move on. And I really right, like that right. about this show. Yeah. Yeah. Fully. Uh, and it's fun. So. Uh, so. We do not know these talismans are literal magic yet. We know the bad guys want them, but it it, it is uh, it is their their exact importance is not, you know, super known. Is Jackie right. just put it on the table and Jade is just fucking getting anything she can get her hands on within arm's reach at this Raucha and uh, and uh, she's just inhaling food left and right. Uh, <laughs> Jackie hits her with the Jade, chew your food, which we know to not be literal like it is literal, but it, she hits her. She hits him right back with like, "It's fucking soup, dude. You can't chew." I soup. love this joke. I love. It's so funny. <laughs> Don't eat like a baboon. You should chew your food. Hello, chew soup. <laughs> you big idiot! I'm eating soup. <laughs> um. But- but it's great because that's that's the vector by which she swallows the she talisman. Swallows, she swallows this talisman. She eats it like a little dumpling on accident and just <laughs> swallows it with her soup. And yeah, later well, on in this episode, Jackie calls her out on it when they find out that that's when she swallowed the talisman because she doesn't even know she's <laughs> she done got- in it. And he's like, what? How would you swallow like a whole golf you ball? You don't chew soup. <laughs> she doubles down on it. It's really funny. <laughs> How did you not know you ate the talisman? Yeah. <laughs> this show is maybe one of the best I've seen in doing callbacks. The way that yeah, they handle no a callback joke and they don't belabor it. And usually it's not a three times kind of thing. It's usually just like a really solid, good callback, like 15 minutes later. And yeah. that's all they do. And they don't like ham it up and they don't like stare at the camera and make it like, what's the deal? It's like good. <laughs> it's really fucking funny writing. Yeah, yeah it is funny. It's quite enjoyable. Um so this this whole uh this one starts off like we said this is in a this is in a restaurant they're eating chinese food um and 
the the baddies show up because they have been berated for returning home without the talisman, with an empty shield with a talisman-shaped hole in it. <laughs> uh, so now they're coming back and they want to get this thing. And they confront them at the uh, at the the restaurant right as Jackie is uh, no Jade is opening a fortune cookie, <laughs> and this cookie says danger looms in your future. And Uncle goes, "We must be very cautious." <laughs> you listen to a cookie, and then all the goods walk up, and Uncle goes, "Never mock the cookie," <laughs> which is fun. It's fun, uh, and as my, my understanding is that the fortune cookie is an entirely Ameri- like Americanized it is. thing. So it's it funny is, that they're yeah. like <laughs> bought into it. <laughs> well, it's, yeah. I, I I think it's funny because because Jackie clearly doesn't buy into it. Jackie uh, doesn't buy into it. <laughs> Uncle, who is it was who believes in magic and superstition, yeah. even though this isn't his own magic or superstition, is still like, well, not nothing though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's a, a whole bunch of sequences basically from here on out. Um, they have a big fight in the restaurant in which Finn uh, pulls out an actual gun. Yeah. And yeah. Jackie, Jackie immediately kicks it away into a fish tank. But I was like, I was taken aback for a second. I was like, damn, the nineties must be over because I saw a gun on kids. WB. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's crazy. Well, and we had a previously on segment at the beginning of the thing. I was like, Jesus, we are in a new era all of a sudden. Seriously. Yeah. As soon as you hit 2000 like, and we're all in like you know, acclaimed, critically acclaimed television. <laughs> well, not to, uh, there, there's a dark side of the previously on. It's a great way to not write two more pages. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is very yeah. true. And, certainly and, it gets, and, it, and it can be really abused to be like five minutes long <laughs> yeah. in a 20 minute show. It's really obscene. Uh-huh. Yeah. But it is interesting to see this happening, like right at the right at the stroke of the new millennium. We've got shows coming out this year, like uh, like this, and uh, as told by Ginger and Static Shock, and and just sort of like the, the these shows for kids that are playing with continuity. Static Shock does come out swinging, and I think that I think this one is fun because it is serialized, but it's got such a playful vibe that it's almost like it's almost like a like a shadow continuity. You're like, oh right, sure. I do need to have watched last week. <laughs> a shadow continuity. Ooh. Mom, did you hear that one? (laughs) (laughs) The goons have this funny little two line exchange that has is both like such clarity and like such er, like such believable response. Why is the boss taking guff from a statue? Which is a great question and a great response. Because it talks. Oh, the statue talks. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah, they're so precious. Yeah, uh, well, in Volmont, that talking statue in question, uh, or uh, Chendu gives Volmont yeah. uh, a scepter, a some sort of like divining rod scepter of finding <laughs> where uh, where the medallion is, and uh, so they wind up giving it, handing it off to the the goons. Shadow Khan, and um, and then we get like a a kind of a crazy like. Garbage truck, skateboard, shopping cart, <laughs> car chase. Oh, I really liked. I, I really love the nineties of of like we have to. Be, we're like it's already such a dramatic coincidence that somebody's just going to find a skateboard in the trash. That there's and a helmet with helmet. it, helmet and that she too. puts it on. That this per that Jade is already the like the least helmet wearing person I've ever seen, <laughs> and we've now seen her two times put a helmet on when she did. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's it's gotta be some sort two. of some sort of ordinance that was passed, right? <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I'm getting at. Yeah. But I really, yeah. I really like that this sequence. Uh, uh, it's a long sequence, right? I mean, it's most of the episode, I would say, where the the Shadow Con are trailing uh, Jade. But of course, Jackie thinks they're after him, but they don't know at this point that Jade has swallowed the talisman and they're tracking it magically. Um, and so she has been told, "Don't come along with me," because he tell, he tells her that like five times a day, every day, "Don't follow me," and she does anyway. And so she's trailing Jackie and the Shadow Con are trailing her. And we've got a couple of these nice moments where Jackie realizes someone's following him and he turns and then they all hide somewhere. Um, <laughs> but then it jumps into this crazy chase sequence where, like we said, Jade is on a skateboard and then the Shadow Con, uh, they, they hitch a ride on a truck and Jackie's on a cart. And <laughs> it's just, there's, it's like, it's got such an element of fun that I really, really enjoy it. And then, of course, there's a lot of fighting. It ends up on a bridge. And at this moment, Jade realizes that she has got some weird powers because she almost she like <laughs> does some sort of skateboard Tony Hawk grind on some pipes on the Golden Gate Bridge and is almost going to fall to her death. But she doesn't. And she's floating instead. Yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, that. Yeah, that's a surprising moment, although we find out she can fly, but so can ninjas. Uh, the Shadowcon <laughs> have like wingsuits and it's kind of cool to see them like pitch and dive and like flute, you know, like avoid landing in the water when you just when you think they're going to hit the water. Like, nope, I have wings. Yeah. <laughs> Ultimately, uh, both Jade and Jackie get kidnapped by, by Toru. By Toru. Um, and at this point it is when uh, Jade uses a nickname for Jackie that I dislike for several reasons. Uh, but she calls him the Jackinator. <laughs> and he's like, no, that's what the bullies called me in high school. <laughs> when they walked in on me that one time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hope Jackinator doesn't I hope that doesn't become a, a an ongoing name. Uh, well, she said something great. else up, uh, upsetting earlier in the in the restaurant scene. She she talked about how Jackie was going to give the bad guys smacky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I, I don't know how to feel about this one. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, but they, the, they escape. She uses her telekinesis to uh, cut. You find the get the sword and cut her bindings, and uh, they have a fun fight with fish because they're in like a fish uh fishery and we also have um jackie's sort of latest improvised weaponry is we have him fighting with <laughs> handcuffs on so there's the handcuff restriction that he's using yeah. and he's like trying to pick the key while having his hand in handcuffs um which is you know a fun a fun game there and then uh he gets some fish and wields them uh, wields them like weapons. Um, so like, like, like fish chucks. Yeah, this yeah, is where yeah. this is where the show does kind of get its Jackie Chan cred, I think, because there's always, for one, just enough of a caveat to the fight scene that we're not sure if maybe like next time Jackie can get him. Uh -huh. But uh, Jackie does not seem to be able to beat Toru one on one. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nobody can at this point. Yeah. Nobody seems it, to. Yeah. Nobody like, seems to be able to. Yeah, like and Uncle tried to wail at him and just like did nothing, and Jade just sort of like, you know, did nothing feebly and... at his neck. Uh huh. Yeah, he's a spooky man. He's very spooky. Jade beats him by lifting him up and sort of using his own weight against him, uh, sort of lifting him up very high. But doesn't really falls. beat him; just kind of drops him in the ocean and runs off. Right. 
Yeah, he falls through like multiple floors he, <laughs> with his he own does, weight. Uh, t- 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 turns down for what all the way down to the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so they get away, and uh, you know they've still got the the talisman, which is all well and good. And we get back to section thirteen, and Captain Black tells Jackie he shows him that he's got a uh, he's moved all of Jackie's personal belongings and essentially recreated his like little dojo down there in their secret base to keep them safe. Um, and they've moved Jade down there too, but uncle did not move. Uncle refused to move and he's still up in his antique shop, which I believed, but it sort of begged the question, would Jackie move without uncle? And Mm -hmm. like Jackie's super competent and capable of defending himself. And uncle seemingly is not, I, I don't really understand why he would move in this situation. Right. Well, and they know where to protect uncle by being somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. But they know where the antique shop is. They know where the antique shop is. So I don't know. Maybe they just that's not an issue. I think I think more it was just the writers needing to keep the antique shop as a set piece because it's fun. You know, Uh, it is. It is funny that when they like they ask like he's like, wait, but what about uncle? And then it does this cut to show uncle and he's like, like throwing dust around his room and he says, good magic is stronger than bad magic. And I think but that is actually a really cool idea that is routinely hit on and is i really dig it it um uncle is not some sort of master sorcerer what we really believe in is that good magic is better than bad magic mm-hmm. and yeah. uh it makes him really human and uh he's he's not master yoda like by a long shot mm-hmm I mean, I will say that in later seasons, they do they do sort of reveal more. Yeah, of the, but the past. show kind of the characters grow and he in he's a Yoda. But, you know, Jackie Chan's also clearly an Obi-Wan. Totally. Exactly. You know, but right now they're people and mm-hmm. uh, and he is but he's comp, like uncle is good at magic, but not the best that's ever been at magic. <laughs> he's not yeah. quite a Dumbledore, I guess. He's not quite mm, Albus Dumbledore. <laughs> Maybe more of a, a Remus Lupin. Oh, Mom! <laughs> They're doing it again. <laughs> oh, that's that's my time to hop on the broom and, and fly out of this yeah, fly out of this basement. And take oh. your war turtle with you. <laughs> it turns out we were wizards all along, Governor. Oh. <laughs> This has been the first week of a, of a four-week experiment with Jackie Chan Adventure. And uh, Jackie Chan Adventures is really fun. I'm enjoying it. I could probably, you know, just sort of extol its virtues forever. I'm going to try and curb that a little bit so that I don't just feel like some sort of horrible fanboy. But uh, Austin, how are you liking this first week? Man, I am I'm grooving on this hardcore. Um, I, you know, I'm trying to think about sort of why I never got into it. Because it, you know, if it was happening around 2000, like I was... You know, I was You're the like I was yeah, I was that was the the target demo. Mm-hmm. Um and I think it's either because I missed if I missed the first couple episodes and then I just like didn't you know, know what yeah. was going on or um which could have been that and also I don't know I might have also not really clicked with the art style at the time. Um I can see that there was there was some there's something about those character designs, the, especially the like really lumpy, uh, <laughs> the really lumpy Englishman <laughs> Belmont, that there just doesn't is a a little aesthetically off for my 
my taste. Yeah, but I think I think there's something to be praised about this in a. But I don't know that it quite hit the target. Uh, a show that manages to be both very serialized and very episodic can be kind of an issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's like it's not really it's kind of because it's iterating over and over on the same kind of thing. So if your thing is more of a Digimon Pokemon adventure, uh, it might not click for you. And if your thing is like, I want to be able to watch this on Tuesday and I can't watch Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, it might not be your thing, you know? Yeah. 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 I also think I was probably at the time watching anime on on <laughs> Toonami and like fully in Dragon Ball Z mode. And this to me kind of was like, well, I just want anime. I don't want this halfway. <laughs> I don't want this halfway stuff. Well, and I don't you know, there's a lot of times that where people talk about like, oh, this show is basically like, you know, a Western anime or whatever. I don't but think they're not, it is they're, they're not talking about Jackie Chan. I mean, they're talking about right. something like uh, they're talking about, an, uh, you know, an Avatar Last Airbender. They're talking about a Code Lyoko. They're talking about these other things where they're like, yeah, it's basically just trying to be anime. I think that Jackie Chan Adventures takes a lot of interesting cues from anime while still really doing its own thing. And what I think something being palatable for show. Americans. Now, there's something to be said for shows that have maybe taken it a bridge too far. But uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but pretty much anything that doesn't suck is kind of trying to be anime. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good point, too. Yeah. 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 No, I think I was clearly mistaken in my in my earlier days. And uh, I really should have checked this out because this is great. It's really good. Well, well, we're correcting it for you now. And we'll, <laughs> we'll give you we'll give you a really good tour of season one. And then uh, and, you know, then if you want to, we'll set you free and you can watch season two and find out all about uh, the other exciting big bads that we meet. Including, including my favorite. Oh God, what the hell is his name? One of my favorite uh, Asian voice actors shows up. Oh, James Hong. Yes, James Hong. James Hong shows up as a big bad, and nice. I love, I love that so much. He's so wonderful, and the, the big bad kind of looks a bit like James Hong too. <laughs> <laughs> um, Excellent. But anyway, we're gonna we're gonna watch plenty more of this. You're gonna see more exciting talismans. Uh, and hopefully by missing a few episodes, you won't be totally lost. But, uh, I think that, I think the, the format of this show is going to help you a lot. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah man. man. So I think maybe we better get out of this garage finally. Let's yeah. fucking beat it. Duh. And we'll see you next Tuesday. Yeah.